Pardon my stupidity, but I'm Patrick Kane, and it's National Pina Colada Day. And every time I try to hook up and find like new intros by finding current topics or national days of the year, I always find myself wondering, who's the guy or girl that creates these stupid, dumb national days? Like, like for example, who sat down and made a pina colada one day and said, you know, from here on out, today's the official day to drink this cocktail. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm going to drink later to celebrate the holiday, probably get drunk. Uh, but these are the bizarre things that run through my head on a regular basis. So anyway, let's get rolling, let's get into the show, and we'll get started. All right, first things first, before we get underway, it is Sunday, July 10th, and I want to give a great shout-out to uh, dugoutmugs.com for this amazing piece that uh, I was able to purchase for myself. Uh, Now, they may or may not be the future sponsor or collaborator of Pardon My Stupidity, but regardless, dugoutmugs.com. If you're looking for a great gift for your guy, boyfriend, dad, brother, whomever, uh, for a birthday, Father's Day gift, or Christmas, what a better way to, to thank him or show your appreciation than cutting a barrel of a bat in half and turning it into a drinking container. Uh, you can have it customized, too, uh, for your favorite baseball team, football team, whatever. Uh, something that's more personal. You can do pictures. It doesn't matter. They do it all. Check them out at dugoutmugs.com. Uh, on today's show, on today's episode, we have Vince McMahon in some serious shit. What's the future looking like for DirecTV and the NFL Sunday ticket? And the Panthers made some crazy moves to get yet another quarterback. But today, let's begin with the show with the future of the NCAA. Texas and Oklahoma unanimously voted to formally accept invitations to join the SEC last year in 2021, which will ultimately make the SEC the first 16-team super conference division. Uh, Why does that matter? Because, Because right now it's a major factor moving forward in 2022. Just about everyone in college football spent their 4th of July weekend last week talking and texting and sitting through meetings about what is going to happen next. What, what's next for the conference realignment and what, if anything, uh, each school and league can do to either protect or maximize itself going forward. The Big Ten University presidents voted Thursday night to accept the applications of USC and UCLA to join the conference, making it a seismic shift. So the Trojans and the Bruins will be leaving the Pac-12 for their new leagues in 2024 as the Big Ten expands from the from as the Big Ten expands from coast to coast. Now, with that move, the rivals, the SECs uh, poaching from Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12 last year, the upcoming move. Uh, as the Pac-12's media rights deal is set to expire in 2024. And while the Big Ten is is negotiating uh, a new media rights deal that could exceed around $1 billion annually. Now, the Big Ten and the SEC can essentially create what they want, and everyone else will have to just go along and go for the ride. Because the power of the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 has been significantly reduced, if not eliminated altogether. So with that being said, isn't it a fair assumption that the way things are looking and the way that they're panning out right now is that the NCAA is coming to an end? 
Between the SEC and the Big Ten, aren't they currently monopolizing college football? You know, you figure, in theory, they are the only two real conferences worth a damn. And you're about to see more universities probably jump ship. I mean, you would have two heavyweights. You already have two heavyweights that you're probably going to be keeping an eye out for currently. And you're talking about Notre Dame and Clemson. So is it possible that we could end up seeing a super conference where we view, like in a world where there is no more NCAA football and it's just like 30 teams in each? I mean, maybe we we have to get used to, uh, you know, how do I say? It's like the, the SEC and the Big Ten could end up dominating everything. They could take over everything. And we'll have to be stuck seeing how like that is. They can end up doing their own tournaments. They can do their own football championship. And the NCAA has nothing to do with it. I mean, there was a time that we thought it was bullshit that kids weren't getting paid or could get paid uh, for while they're going to school. But currently, now we're here with their name, their image and likeness and counting and becoming marketable. Now, as a fan of the sport, we're in the middle of a transition and I think it's in the positive, so you got to ask yourself, where do we go next? What would the next move for the future of college sports? So like I said, when you're talking about Notre Dame, now everybody's sitting here saying that, you know, like people that I've talked to, like Notre Dame's not going anywhere. They already have that big contract with NBC. Now, I don't know the number off topic because I did not look it up today. Uh, but... It, you know, depending on the, the number, depending on the actual move and the actual uh, contracts that you could see, you could end up seeing all of these schools and everybody line with, you know, these two conferences. It may, it may be beneficial, maybe, for Notre Dame to re reevaluate that contract. So we'll see. Uh, let's go to our next topic and see if I can get my things reset here. Uh, UFC, MMA, nah, I don't want to talk about any of those things because I want to focus in on celebrity fights. So the poster for the much-anticipated exhibition boxing match featuring, featuring legendary NFL running backs Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell has been released on social media. Uh, Bell tagged the poster along, uh, tagged the poster on Twitter along with a comment saying, nothing else needs to be said, let's go. Now both players have signed on for about at the next global or next social uh, global uh, entertainment, uh, whatever they're called, um, which will pit celebrities against social media stars or other celebrities, one another. Uh, but this is going to air July 30th at Crypto.com Arena, which that's a horrible name for whatever they changed the Staples Center to, uh, out in LA. Now this is going to be the first time that Peterson and Bell have actually competed in a boxing match uh, both were still technically NFL on on the NFL rosters as recent as last season Peterson uh, the longtime Minnesota Viking uh, ended up signing with the Titans in November I believe October November uh, and then uh, Seattle Seahawks in December meanwhile Bell played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baltimore Ravens uh, the former Steeler has been calling out YouTube star Jake Paul for a boxing match saying, come fight me, stop trying to fight people who can't box. Now, how's this fight going to go? Uh, beats the hell out of me. AP always seems to be in shape, 
uh, never not working out. It reminds me of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's like just because you don't wrestle anymore doesn't mean like you stop getting in shape. You want to keep getting swole because swole is the goal. But it should be good to go uh, thinking he'll be in decent shape. Question is, what kind of shape is Le'Veon Bell going to be? Uh, and I think that's kind of a coin toss. I mean, he was a very talented running back at the end of his career. Uh, getting bounced around to the Jets, to the Chiefs, and then he just wasn't the same guy as he was when he was a Steeler. Now, that's not to say that he's not in shape or ready for a fight. Uh, that would make you think that Peterson would most likely be the favorite for this matchup, right? Like, Peterson being the guy that's in shape. Uh, however, there are videos, I don't know if uh, Le'Veon Bell's the one that's been posting them, or his people have posted, or whatever. But there are videos of Bell shadow boxing, uh, so he does have some form. He does have the speed. He does look decent, like he knows what he's doing. But then again, because it's just shadow boxing, these are you know figured choreographed swings, hits, you know movements with his trainer. And then I believe AP said he picked up boxing back in 2016, 2015, something like that, uh, to help get stronger, more agile, and to avoid fumbling the football. Uh, so what does this all mean to you, to me? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's celebrity boxing. It's not like, it's mediocre at best. Like, this is not your pro fights. This is not the, the days of, uh, Mike Tyson and, uh, Vander Holyfield or like even the USC, UFC. Like, I, I, but I think there is a draw to it. I think back in like the mid nineties, they started like, you know, I think it was like Danny Bonaducci and somebody else. And I think it was like terrible ratings. But back then, nobody really understood what it was. And now you have the way things are going. You have the, the, the Paul brothers, Jake and Josh, Luke. I forget the fucking kid's name. Either way, the two of them, that's all they want to do anymore. So what does this mean? I, I don't know. I mean, am I going to watch it? I mean... Probably not. I mean, I would watch it if it's on the TV at a bar that I might be at, but I'm not going to go looking for this on TV, nor am I going to like pay money for it. But if you want my opinion, I'm going to take AP as the winner, just because I got to stick with us big-headed, bald guys. Plus, he, like his giant dome is like a rock. Like It is just a weapon that he can inflict some damage on, if you think about it. So let's change gears here again. Let's see if I can get my uh, things up and running properly on the uh, stream here. Cool. Now we're talking. Now things are looking a little bit decent. Oh, I do have one thing that did not work for me, so let me fix that. There we go. And I guess we're going to take off on that. Uh, so where am I? Direct TV. DirecTV and the Sunday Ticket have had a deal in place since the early 1990s. You figure 1990, 91, give or take. Uh, currently, DirecTV has paid out $1.5 billion a year for this existing right for the Sunday Ticket, which is coming to an end after this coming season, the 22-23 season. Now, keep in mind that the Sunday ticket is probably the only thing that's keeping DirecTV alive because, I mean, who out there in reality is watching satellite TV anymore, especially with all the streaming platforms out there? You <coughs> Excuse me. You figure for the increase of the uh, all the streaming sites, like who wants 
uh, satellite TV, who wants to deal with the headache of, uh, you know, the weather, uh, factoring it in, whatever the case may be. Now, the NFL has come out and said, whoever bids for this, whoever's going to take it, they they expect an increase of 100%. So that would bring you up to a whopping $3 million a year just for the Sunday ticket which basically puts you at only a few options of who or what could actually afford that. And to me, as I've already said, it seems like it's going to go to your streaming services. So current companies looking to bid, you know, you got Apple, Amazon, maybe Netflix, uh, Hulu, uh, who knows? But then, of course, you have your big powerhouse, and that's the House of Mouse. Uh, So what does that mean moving forward? What does that mean looking at... uh, everything well let's hypothetically let's say we 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 go with netflix netflix has said for years that they're going to find a way to cut down on uh sharing your services sharing your passwords sharing all of that stuff they're going to knock it all out but they never do they always just say it they scare everybody people start listening they don't listen who knows but that's the situation that being said NFL will come in if they land with Netflix. They will absolutely shut that down because they're not going to lose out on business because, you know, I have my streaming service and it's like, oh, hey, Booch, you don't have Netflix? Here's my account. No. If the NFL's there, they want to make sure that it's getting paid for every single person. What that's going to be, I don't know how that'll look like. But uh, the other thing you can't you can't just uh, throw out you know, throw the kid out with the bathwater or whatever the whatever that saying is. Uh, you know, the NFL is just going to go after where the money is and look to the future of what that would be for the best of the partnership to broadcast their content for the next 10 to 20 years, which is why they went with DirecTV in the early 90s, because in the early 90s, satellite seemed futuristic. Satellite seemed like th- that's what all of like the... Um, rich people that you knew or didn't know that you're like, oh, wow, they got satellite TV. Flash forward to, you know, 20, 30 years now, and it's like the only people that really have satellite TV anymore, you kind of like, what, what? how cheap are you? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't have, like, streaming like the rest of us? You can't afford cable? People that don't afford cable just choose streaming. So, like I said, I feel like it's going to end up being uh, – the future being at streaming. Now, they have, may have already made this announcement. They may have already said something. That part, I don't know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, who comes out on top because everything is digital and streaming. We already have games broadcasted on YooHoo and Facebook. I think Apple TV already got it some. So, I mean, it's happening. We just have to figure out where to subscribe and probably get a subscription to every goddamn thing that's out there. Uh, and if, I'm sure that'll officially kill off cable unless Xfinity makes one last push to somehow get this ticket. But my point is, ultimately, I think Disney Plus is who you're going to be looking out for because they already have uh, ESPN Plus and they have uh, ABC. They have all of those things that already in their pocket. So essentially, if they take it on... ESPN and ABC have the rights to all of football that they can air at any point in time. But, and I do need to throw this out there, talking with um, uh, listener Nick yesterday, uh, he did throw out an idea that would be interesting to see how this goes. And because 
one thing that you have to remember is this is the world of sports betting now. FanDuel and DraftKings. I'm just going to use those two as, as an example. Wouldn't it be interesting if those two got together, or even just by themselves, and created some type of streaming service, and then that way, just like how you're looking at me right now on screen, you have the entire sidebar there. That could be their sidebar of all the live bets just rolling through the entire day, or even the ticker at the bottom. Live bets going on throughout the day because it's their service. Again, hypothetical, no clue because they don't even have streaming service. So it's something to think about. It's something to wonder what's next. It's something to see. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Either way, I have a feeling that unless it's already on one of my streaming apps that I currently have, I'm probably going to have to pay for it. Then again, I already don't have this Sunday ticket because, again, it's only on DirecTV. So I digress. Again, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Just makes for interesting conversation, I think. Let's jump on and move to our next segment. Let's see if this will work. Cool. Now we're getting there. Anniversaries of the week. Uh, anniversaries worth noting today. Birthdays belong to, uh, there's a birthday today, belongs to the actress that with the loudmouth mom from Modern Family and current judge on America's Got Talent, actress Sofia Vergara. She turns 50 today. Happy 42nd birthday to American singer and actress Jessica Simpson. Uh, you don't look a day older than when you uttered those classic chicken by the sea comments almost, Christ, 20 years ago. And a very happy birthday to the eight-time All-Star, 1987 National League MVP, and 1977 Rookie of the Year, and Baseball Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, who turns 68 today. And then as far as anniversaries, steering clear from birthdays, on this day, the U.S. women's soccer team defeated China to win the 1999 World Cup Championship. It was the third edition of the FIFA Women's World Cup and was played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, which had an attendance of like 90-some thousand people, setting an international record for spectators and women's sporting events. Uh, the tournament was the most successful FIFA Women's World Cup in terms of attendance and television ratings, uh, public interest, and so forth. But for me, I'll always remember it from my 14-year-old brain watching the shootout and with Brandy Chastain scoring the winning goal, running about halfway down the field, yanking off the shirt, going nuts. But again, 14-year-old boy. Is what it is. Don't kill me for it. Uh, let's see. Ooh. This is the story that I have been waiting to talk about. And if you don't know about it, you're about to. And that is the WWE with Vince McMahon. Because my dude is in some serious, serious shit. Last month it was reported that the WWE's board was investigating Vince McMahon for agreeing to pay a, a secret three, uh, $3 million settlement to a former employee uh, with whom he allegedly had an affair. Now, since the, the longtime WWE boss uh, agreed to step back from his role as chairman and CEO while the investigation is ongoing, uh, McMahon was quoted as saying, I have pledged my complete cooperation to the investigation by the special committee and I will do everything possible to support the investigation. I also have pledged to accept the findings and the outcome of the investigation, whatever they may be. 
And I believe since that, since stepping aside, and I, I use that with quotes in air, stepping aside from his head honcho duties, his daughter Stephanie's been stepping in and filling in his shoes. But I mean, I use the air quotes because he still isn't gone. You know, like through all of this, like I said, he hasn't shied away from the spotlight. He still has retained only his he, he's still retaining his input in WWE's creative uh, content, uh, scre- uh, you know, the writing, the process of all that stuff. And he's also continuing his in-ring persona. The company said last month that McMahon would still continue to appear as his character during matches uh, as the investigation continues. So why am I reporting on something that happened over a month ago? That's because now the alleged allegation has become allegations from up to four different women now. And that $3 million is chump change because that hush money is now up to $12 million. The women all uh, who were involved in WWE uh, signed agreements with McMahon that prohibit them from discussing potential legal claims against uh, against him or their relationships with the 76-year-old executive. Uh, that report of the hush money said it was paid over 16 years. Uh, so you figure with that amount of money that he did, like I was actually like calculating this when I was putting things together, getting the show ready today. You're up to $12 million of hush money for four different women, one of which I'm pretty sure is definitely a wrestler, a former wrestler, because I think that came out and said... Uh, she was fired, like she, they did not renew her contract, and then she was let go, and it was because she was going to come forward or say something. Uh, another person was also fired, but they were in the writer's office or production, whatever the case may be. You're talking about like a situation where he's using his head honcho ship, his, you know, I'm the top guy, uh, you know, Come here and give me a BJ. Get over here. I'm gonna. We're gonna do. And again, I mentioned 16 years. He's 76. So you figure you do that math. You're talking. This all started when he was like 60. So who are these women that are like? You know what? I totally want to bang a 60 year old. Like, like who thinks that that that's a good idea? Now, if you're gonna say it's a it's for concern over your job, I'll give it to you. But this isn't going away. And the main kicker of the whole thing is he's up to $12 million in hush money for four women. Just so you're all aware, that is more money than he did, than he spent when he purchased WCW. That is something that is shocking to me. You did all of it, like you fought the Monday Night Wars, you did all that, you bought them out, you won, and now you're paying even buku more money to keep women quiet and keep them gone, just for it to come out into the light anyway. So... It sounds like you done messed up Vince McMahon. Uh, we're on number six. We'll jump to the sixth topic for the night. And that is Bradley Pitts. So, Mr. Pitt, why am I bringing you into the conversation? Because the award-winning actor said in a new interview with GQ that he suffers from facial blindness, also known as... Let me read it off my thing. Prosopagnosia? I think I'm saying that right. Prosopagnosia. Anyway, you can look it up. P-R-O-S-O-P-A-G-N-O-S-I-A. Look it up. I'm not going to use that word anymore. I'm just going to keep going facial blindness. Uh, 
So he's claiming that it, it's causing him to struggle to remember people's faces. Now, although he has not been officially diagnosed, uh, Brad Pitt says that he believes that he has it. So just like every other red-blooded American across the nation, he thinks that there's something wrong with him, probably went on WebMD, gave himself like a big scare of all the different things that he's got going on in his life or doesn't got going on in his life, and came down to the conclusion that uh, instead of being an asshole, uh, I just don't recognize people, and that's just what this is called now. He told GQ that uh, he wants to remember the people uh, he, that he meets and fears that he struggle that his struggles have given people the impression that he's aloof and standoffish. Now, uh, facial blindness is a neurological a neurological. <sighs> I really need a drink. It's a neurological disorder that can cause people to have difficulty recognizing even family members or friends' faces. And that's according to the National Institute of Health Treatment and involves developing other strategies to recognize people, such as focusing on their voice. Um, some, re some research shows that it can affect as many as one, to 50, one in 50 people uh, to some degree. Pitt spoke about suffering from this condition back in 2013, telling Esquire it's why he stays home so much. So, again, this is a guy that, very well-known, very famous actor, obviously, Academy Award-winning actor, I think. Uh, but people are thinking that he's kind of a dick. Now, I, I never thought he was a dick. I don't mind his movies. I think he's a, a very decent actor. Uh, that being said, there's also a lot of people, I think uh, maybe my girlfriend included, that didn't take kindly back in the early, mid-2000s when he and Jennifer Aniston had their, their breakup and it was all messy. Um, and then people were really hating on Angelina. And when they got together and then when they broke up, then it's like, oh, good, that's what you get. You know, your whole life is coming to an end because that's what you did to Jennifer Aniston. Again, I'm not trying to get into celebrity gossip on who's banging who or who's divorcing who or whatever but the point is I, facial blindness like I, first off i don't know that's a thing but i have to look that up but my thing is so you're gonna stare at somebody and have a problem knowing that you know them or staring at them and forgetting their name because if that's the case it really does make it sound like you're just a dick because like it's facial blindness like Really? Like, if I forget somebody's name, it's like, what's up, man? Hey, guy. How you doing, buddy? Like, it, it sucks. It's awkward. And that's when you have to try and figure out like, a way around it where it's like, you know, oh, this is my girlfriend so-and-so. And she's, oh, hi. And you are? It's like, boom, beautiful. So I don't really understand how facial blindness works. It sounds like you just forget people's names and want to call it something else. All right. Uh, mail time. So the mail's here. Time to check out what your letters, you're asking interesting questions, all the different things that you wanted to bring to light in hopes that I might have an answer for you. But spoiler alert, I'll never have an answer. It's not going to be a good answer, and it's not going to be the answer that you probably want. So let's go to the mailbox. You know, see, I got one. The mailman has a mailbox. Go figure. All right. And, of course, these are just props. Like, it's, it's nothing really to write home about all right who's more likely to resurrect their career this season 
Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz? Now, I like that topic. I think that's a great question because I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz anymore. Uh, and they're both kind of... Uh, they're both kind of in the news at the moment because you figure everything that just happened with Baker Mayfield, um, he's been in the he's been in the in the spotlight in the spotlight, but off to the side this entire time because of the Deshaun Watson case, because of all of that allegations and all that nonsense. And you know he was more uh, you know commercial guy, very commercial, very whatever. Uh, so now Panthers gave up. What they give up? Like six picks, six different things to add another quarterback? Because right now it's Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and I forget the third guy. But you have you have three quarterbacks down there, but you have a lot of weapons. So that does bode well, potentially. Uh now as far as Carson Wentz is concerned, he goes down to Washington. Uh give it another shot, another go. You know, that whole organization is struggling on its own with with the ownership, with uh, the allegations of things that have happened behind closed doors, the the name change, everything. So you could be the shining light, the shining beacon of light for that team. But I don't know. It does, to me, speak volumes of you've been on three different teams for the last three years. I mean, we saw it here in Philly. Uh, Indianapolis gave him a shot, and now you're down in Washington, and Washington fans are sitting there going, oh, is it really that bad? Three teams, three different years. He ain't no Fitz Magic, I'll tell you that. But I digress. If I had to guess, if I, you want my answer, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield will be the guy that uh, resurges this year. And if he doesn't, then, like I said, my answers aren't always that great. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Let's see. All right. So the MLB announced on Friday that Pujols and Cabrera are going to go to the All-Star game uh, as legacy selections. So isn't this somewhat demeaning to the voting process by just placing guys in to honor their career? Uh, Decent question, but I'm going to say no. Uh, I don't think it it demeans the... uh, the process of voting. I don't think it changes anything. You figure uh, this is what? Pujols' last season, and then I think Cabrera ends next season. Both Hall of Fame players. They're both going to go. Uh, you know, look at Mariano Rivera when he did his tour of goodbye. You figure that's what this is. Like, it's just beginning their tour, and this is one step in that tour of saying congratulations. You could maybe make that argument for Cabrera because he still has all of next season to play, allegedly. So you could be doing this legacy thing for him next year. Now, if you do this for him next year and just put him in and he doesn't get the votes, then I'd say that's kind of fucked up because what are you doing here? It's not right. Uh, so last question because I know we got to keep moving. All right. Should Wawa start selling a Schwarber instead of a Shorty for Hoagie Fest? Well, as all Philadelphia Philly fans know right now, my dude has been crushing the ball during Hoagie Fest because he's the goddamn man. Uh, but I'm going to brush off that question as not being a real question and just say, sure, why not? While I can call it a Schwarber, a Schwarber or Schwarber Fest, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. Uh, so let's 
roll to the end. Let's see. We got to the end here. Uh, late omissions of the week. Uh, basically, what I wanted to do here is because I only set up so much time. You know, I try and do three minute sections. Uh, I try to just knock everything out, go through all the topics and everything that I have going on. So there's obviously some things that are never going to make it onto the show. So I wanted to make sure I had a section where I could just quickly ramble off a few other items. So the late omissions of the show this week. Uh, this is the time, like I said, just bear with me as we discuss things that are just going to fly by real quick. Uh, James Harden signed a new deal. And he's taking a $15 million pay cut. This is a huge deal for the Sixers because it frees up a ton of cap space for the Sixers to potentially go out and sign another like another one or two more guys. Plus, it gives them the type of good publicity in the city with the fan base because what we've been watching is some, we're watching him, somebody starting to act like a Tom Brady. This is like Tom Brady type shit where he takes a pay cut so that we can go out and add to our team, go win a goddamn ring. So kudos to James Harden for this. And I feel like a lot of people have all have said in the past that he's a very selfish individual, that he's not a, a team-oriented player or what have you. I think he came in came in on fire, was real hot, and then kind of got a little lackadaisical because he saw that he and Embiid, like he doesn't have to work as hard, but then it just seemed like he wasn't working... Either way, this is a great situation. Big, big happy, happy it happened. Uh, 2022 USFL season came and went. I know we had talked about it on the Booch and Pat show or in passing that it was starting back up. Uh, but I didn't hear much about it, however. Uh, and the championship game was played this past week. And surprise, surprise, even though we didn't hear anything about it, Philly was in the big game. That being said, the Birmingham Stallions defeated Philadelphia Stars 33-30. to So congrats to all. Sounds like it was a closed game. I wish I could have seen it. Uh, but maybe next season I'll pay more attention and I'll try and watch some more games. I have no idea. And then uh, I think lastly, my last little bit, is the American Century uh, Championship is a celebrity golf tournament that began on Friday and is now cl- concluding, finishing up today. Um and it's uh, from former, you're talking about former former and current NFL, MLB, NBA players to singers, actors, wrestlers, comedians. The list just goes on and on. Uh, I think there's almost 90 participants this year. I don't know how many they normally do. Maybe that's just, you know, your average number. Somewhere between like 82 to 90. Uh, and they've been playing all weekend. Uh, coverage today began around 2.30. It's... 510, so I think they're wrapping up around 6. Uh, you can catch that. I believe it was on Peacock, but it might also be on the Golf Channel. Uh, and as of me setting up the show this afternoon, currently former pitcher Mark Mulder was in the lead. Uh, so that's all I got for this week's show. Uh, I hope you had a good time, but I'm out of here. So if you hopefully you enjoyed it, hopefully you stayed, hopefully you had some fun. Um, I did not see any chats come across except the one from Paul saying, "Wow, look at you!" And Facebook is whack. So hopefully next time we have some more interactions during the time, whatever the case may be. I don't know because, uh, like I said, this is the end of the show where I wanted to go through all my uh, 
commentary from the people that were listening. Uh, so hopefully next time we get together, it'll be an even better show. Hopefully I'll have more of the bugs figured out on my end because it is very difficult to try and do everything while communicating with you and do everything that way. It's tough. Uh, but also, since we're finishing up, make sure you follow PMS on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can stay alert to all of my videos, all of my comments, all my commentary, all the content that you can get. You can find the show on iTunes and, on, of course, on iHeartRadio. Just open up your smart device and say, play Pardon My Stupidity on iHeartRadio. Uh, still have to update them, get them up there, but they're going to be there soon, so keep an eye out. So until next time, I'll see you clowns later. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Make sure you make sure you go get that pina colada. Let's all get trashed before it's the end of the weekend and we have to get ready for work in the morning. Deal? Catch you all later.